Hello, Meda. Welcome to Her Movement Podcast. I've been looking forward to our conversation. And how are you doing today? I'm doing great, and I'm very happy to be here, and and that we have solved so many technical issues <laughs> to get here. That was nuts, but we're there. We're there. But we didn't give up, so that's what Absolutely. matters. So, uh, Meda, tell me, what movement are you building with your business? Because I know you're up to something. <laughs> My movement is not very original. It's about empowering women. But my side of that is empowering women in the workplace and so that they have a choice uh, right. to stay in the business, to have a career, to have a family or kids, but it's a choice they are making. And it's not something that is imposed upon them by right. their parents or, you know, sometimes by the fear of not being good enough and what have you. So for me, it's about prompting each one of us to dig inside of ourselves and find what I call your inner leader. And right. the more you tap into that inner leader and the more you are coming from a place of alignment with your values, with your beliefs, um, and right. less depending on external validation, whatever your boss thinks, whatever the parent thinks, or whatever it is, it's all about you but you're responsible for your own life and your own happiness. Right. right. Awesome. Awesome. And I know it's so empowering. The work that you are doing is so empowering. Maida, apart from the work that you're doing, I also know about your life journey. And it's full of, you know, ups and downs and, you know, so many things. So take us into your life, you know, what you have experienced and how you actually evolved into an entrepreneur, right? You have worked in corporate for very long and then you turn into an entrepreneur. So take us into your journey. I'm going to say that it's very interesting. And I invite each one of us to take a step back and go from, birth to where you are today and see all the ups and downs we go through because sometimes well obviously i was born in in france and my parents are middle eastern we they went back to syria then they left syria <laughs> there's a lot of these kind of ups and downs as you said um but i think we all have our own ups and downs and this is yeah. you know for from jo joseph campbell's words our hero's journey so right. my hero's journey uh, started at birth, and then there are a lot of different hero's journey within that. Um, but for me, it's I, I come from a family of immigrants. And right. to as far as I remember, I've always been an immigrant myself. Mm -hmm. um, I, I lived in, in Syria. Uh, my parents are Lebanese, Armenian, and Syrian. I lived uh, in France where it was the second part of my youth. And then I worked in France, I worked in the UK, and now I am in the US. It's, it's, a journey that, <laughs> it's a journey that I'm sure a lot of people as well can, can connect with because that was a physical displacement, but sometimes our, our crisis or our challenges or our obstacles are more into mental crisis or right. um, health crisis. It so happened that for me, I was someone who was born into a family where they push you all the time. Mm. You have to be the best, the prettiest, the yeah. slimmest, whatever it is. Best. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I got integrated into me that I needed to always do my best, 
but because I'm judged on the outside. And so I went into banking, uh, investment banking. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's crazy, but it's very interesting. Um, and that was my whole career for 16 years in corporates until um, I had cancer. <laughs> and cancer was, so all of this in hindsight, and I don't want to diminish the physical pain, uh, the mental suffering that comes from cancer or having right. one of your loved ones. So I, I want to preface this. This is my experience in hindsight. It was, for me, it was a huge teacher in my life because that was the first time where, for a long time, where I was prompted, invited to do something about my life and to take a step back and to take an action oh. and wait and see versus investment banking where you are always, always. yep always and it's the case for any corporate and the interesting yeah. part about cancer as well and i'm going to say about many of these crises that we all of us go yeah. through right. is that the teacher is there for you and for you precisely it's not pretty it's and get very ugly sometimes you don't know what's going on you have zero control uh, but it's about just going into that flow of things where you do your best but you are not in charge of the outcome in a way yeah yeah, um, yeah. and that is also what i bring to my clients as well as an entrepreneur and in my coaching is to say um, you know, there's so much you can do, but do your best, do your best that works for you. And to extend this into entrepreneurship, it's the same thing because because be, being an entrepreneur is hard. Right. I see your videos at two in the morning, uh, like crazy. Like, how does she do that? I want, I want to go to bed. I am in bed at two in the morning. Um, but the same. I'm awake till, you know, 5am and then I go to bed and because there, because of the difference in the time zone, it it is it, it is challenging, no doubt about it. Especially if you work with people on the West Coast here in the U.S., it's crazy. Right? It's almost like the next day. <laughs> um, it is right. the next day. Um, so, so totally, you 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 see how this can be translated into entrepreneurship, where the idea is. You connect with your mission. You connect with what yeah. you think your purpose is, because this is going to evolve throughout your journey. And you have the faith. You have faith in yourself. You have faith and trust in what you do. And then you have to let go of the obsession, <laughs> you know, of, of reaching goals that sometimes we, we can't reach. And maybe that's what goals are about in entrepreneurship. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. You know, I, I just feel somewhere, Maida, that... Uh, becoming an entrepreneur in itself is something that, you know, you don't uh, become an entrepreneur. It's more like, you know, you are growing in the whole process. You know, entrepreneurship is all about working on yourself rather than, you know, understanding yourself and then working on yourself, you know, accepting yourself for the mistakes that you might do in the whole process and all of that, you know. And then, of course, the work is there. But I, I feel like, you know, it's such a beautiful way of actually evolving into a person, a better person. It's, uh, <laughs> it's 100% that. 
when I started, so I, I left the job because the amount of stress that yeah. I used to withstand, I wasn't able to do it after the chemotherapy. My body broke down in a way. It's like, I can't yeah. do this. And as I was exploring what I would do, um, I met a coach and she said to me, um, if you are looking for personal growth and personal development accelerated, then entrepreneurship is for you. And to echo, right. it's exactly what you're saying is that you do it for yeah. yourself first. Right. And right. women have trouble doing that because we don't do anything for ourselves first. We do it yeah. for our parents. We do it for our spouses, partners. We do it for our kids, for our bosses. It's rarely because we sit down for a second and say, hey, <laughs> I have these fears. How can I deal with that? Well, right. if you decide to become an entrepreneur, these are going to go and they're going to be in your face all the time. Yeah. A responsibility, you decide you want to deal with it. You decide it's not the right moment, but it's you, the boss. Right. It, it gets better over the time. This is what I have felt in last five years of me being an entrepreneur. And I was in corporate for 12 long years and I was like on a, that, you know, level that, and I was making decisions all the time, but it gets better and you make better decisions when you are in charge of your own life, your own money that's coming in into your business. It's very different. And over the time, it does get better. Initially, the challenges that come, we all are aware of it because we have no clue how to manage. You know, when you are in corporate, it's just inflow. There is no outflow <laughs> as such that you are responsible for. It's all the, your personal life, how you manage. But here, it's investment back into the business as well. And there are just so many decisions that we make on a daily you know, basis. So it does make you a better person in every which way. This is what I have experienced. And even sometimes when we actually go through any health crisis, you know, after having kids and all, we all go through all of that. Uh, we get better as, at managing our health as well. Yeah, because you know your priorities. Yeah. <laughs> you know that yeah. if the vehicle is not working well, nothing is yeah. going to work well. You know that if that vehicle as well is not aligned with the rest, right. it's going to be the same thing. And so I feel it's almost like the thing to the 12 long years. And, and um, I feel sometimes that it's it's a journey it's as if we're stepping into adulthood but really right. into adulthood really when you are in corporates um you're addicted to this regular paycheck and so of yeah. course you show up and you do your best but there's always someone on top of you that is going everybody has a boss um even ceos have bosses um and everybody and and you are very much addicted to the paycheck and to well done the you shelter, did a good job yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's a shelter as well, of course. Exactly. <laughs> so when you are going through, um, you know, that phase where you, you had this, you know, cancer, I mean, it's just such a big, you know, word in itself. Um, so did you decide during that time that you're going to get into entrepreneurship? Was there some inspiration during that time or you figured it out later? I wish there was. Maybe I would have been better prepared. Um, although I don't think I had time to, to be honest, because I yeah. was I was continuing working my job, and it was before cancer. It was four a.m. to six to nine p.m. my time, and then during cancer, I I took that a bit down. 
Um, so I didn't have really the space to think about that. Um, plus, I think um, and that's my lesson as well, is that we need to choose our battles. And right. sometimes for me, it was this safety in my job. It was not losing my job, not losing momentum. I'm a control freak as well. So I needed to stay <laughs> to be controlling the job because the, the healing, the cancer was not really up to me in a way. It was up to me, but it was a lot of it was um, being in that flow of the treatment, of the cycles of chemotherapy and, and the side effects that, you know, yeah. sometimes are not very pleasant. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> entrepreneurship was was almost imposed upon me in the sense where it was really one morning, it was a Sunday morning and it was like any other Sunday morning, I had a, a ton of emails to go through. And at that point, I started getting extremely stressed out. Um, and I was so stressed out because how am I going to deal with all of this? I cannot. I was also taking medication post-cancer that didn't help the mental health side. This is yeah. note to all. If Hopefully nobody goes through anything, but sometimes when you have a health issue, I think, especially when it's physical, um, I think sometimes we neglect taking care of our mental health, of making sure that we're okay, we're supported. I was very supported, but you know, the, the chemicals <laughs> were not helping. And so um, I went into this deep, almost like a panic attack. Oh. And it was like, what do I do now? And in my head, there was a voice that said, if you continue like this, the second one, cancer, is not going to be as pleasant. Now, right. mind you, I never thought the first one was that pleasant. But for me, it was like, okay, now is about time for me to do things differently. Can I yeah. do that differently where I am? It's going to be very hard because I had a senior job and... I have been working this job for a certain time. I had a lot of habits and trying to change them. Yeah. I didn't feel I had that capacity. Yeah. So for me, it was all or nothing and the nothing was the void. And then yeah. you allow things to start working for you and to start figuring out, as you said, it's, it's, it was a, it was mostly a journey back to myself rather than a journey towards doing something. Yeah. Right. And then the two collide at some point. Like, yeah. aha, that's what I want to do. That's what you want. Right, right. And, you know, often I've seen that, you know, when we are faced with challenges is when we truly come out of that, you know, shell that we have built for ourselves for years and then try to actually figure out things that, you know, resonate with who we are actually. You know, at least this happened with me when I started my business. And... Um, but there is one more thing because, you know, I come from the same background, corporate and then business. I wanted to know from you, was it, you know, just a shift of, you know, circumstantial shift that you had to make to be from corporate and, you know, come in the entrepreneurship or it was more about the mindset? Because even when we actually become an entrepreneur after so many years of corporate, there is just so much of baggage that we carry as corporate employees. And that doesn't go when we come into entrepreneurship. And that's another challenge that I had initially. 
and I had to kind of understand it. And thanks to my mentors, they really helped me understand that, you know, corporate to entrepreneurship, you know, it's not just about the work shift. It's all about mindset. Did you go through that? And if yes, what did you do about it? <laughs> so I'm going to... Uh... To nuance all of that, when yeah. when you are in investment banking, and I'm guessing a lot of other places, at least for me, I had I was responsible for what yeah. I was doing, and so I was a self starter. Whatever was going to happen, it's this is my to do list. This is where I need to get at, and it's my job to get there. Yeah. So I didn't have too much of this showing up at 8 a.m. and working whatever. I was working sometimes not sleeping for, for a day or two because that's what the job required. And sometimes it's like, oh, I have nothing to do. I go home and I work from home. That was way before people would work from home. Um, I was lucky to have bosses and managers who understood that, that they could trust me with getting things done. Yeah, yeah. So from that point of view, the, that side of the entrepreneurship, the discipline, the to-do list, yeah. the, that I had, yeah. what I didn't have, and that is the big mindset, yeah. is that I can work very long hours and not get the revenues that I want and I deserve. Right. <laughs> and sometimes right. I don't do much and things happen. And it's not, they don't happen because I don't do much. They happen because previously I have worked and planted seeds and, and had talks and, and you know, um, connected with clients and what have you. And now they are coming back. So right. it, it goes back to what you were saying, this shift in mindset where it's, you go back to yourself. Yes. So what do you want for yourself? What do you want for your business? How, yeah. how does that work? And it's, it's, there's no formula. <laughs> there is I, no wish. Formula. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah, there is no formula. And I totally agree with that, you know. Um, and, you know, I feel like, you know, we don't have that kind of relationship with money as well. We are, when we are in corporate, it's a different relationship that we have to develop when we come into entrepreneurship, especially as women, because we don't really manage our money. And from the very beginning, we don't really do it much. So, you know, and you also talk about in your work about, you know, having the relationship, right relationship with money as entrepreneur. So let us know about that as well. So money is fear. <laughs> Money is power. Money is survival. Money is all of these things that um, kept us, in a way, in this golden cage that is corporate. And right. what we need, really, is to make peace with it in the sense where if that's what works for your nervous system in a corporate, then no judgment there. Not everybody is made and not everybody has the opportunity or the privilege to become an entrepreneur. Definitely. But when you are an entrepreneur, it's hard sometimes, you know, it's like these ups and downs. It's yeah. not like, uh, you know, it's like flatline <laughs> is death. <laughs> this is all of these. Yeah. And the idea is, number one, to find what your safety is. So right. if you are now in a corporate and thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, what does, how long can you live without having a regular income? And create, mm -hmm. you know, emergency funds or speak with, obviously, I'm not a, a financial a financial advisor, but 
find someone who can help you pivot that side. And then when you are an entrepreneur is make sure you are aligned as well with the products that you have, the the place you're coming from. I'm finding that when you are coming from a place of integrity, which is of service and wanting to help people and get paid for it, that's the other side, then things Mm -hmm. will happen. Working with clients, especially in these kind of like coaching and healers, and there is this almost like underlying mindset that I shouldn't be paid for that because I'm helping people. Right. It's a big one. Huge. Stop that crap. (laughs) Yeah. You need to be paid for different reasons. Number one. Because you need to support yourself, you need to pay your rent, your mortgage, your healthcare, whatever it is, you you need money. It's We're not living in some imaginary, illusional place. It's called Earth, and money is still number one. So that's number yeah. one. That's number the way two, you operate. Exactly. And it's not going to change. You can you can invest yeah, in, it's, in it's, crypto, whatever. It's not going to change anything. It's, we're there for a long time. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we can go to barter, but I'm not sure anybody wants to do that. <laughs> um, the the other part, I think, as well, is think about how not honoring your work it mm. is for not getting paid. If you don't right. pay, get paid unless you are financially independent and good for you, but then we're not talking the same thing. Um, if you don't get paid, how long can you do this work? How long can you share right. your gifts with others? Not right. long. I find that from a pure energetic point of view, the same way when you are corporate and you feel you're not paid enough, if you yeah. feel you are not getting that, you're not going to give it your best. You're going to become resentful. You're going to hate your job, your right. business, your clients, and ultimately yourself. Not a right. good place to be. right right very true so it's about um going back and thinking what money represents to you and Mm. for each of us it represents something very different so on a collective basis especially here in the u.s money is about power and status right like you have money you can do whatever you want for me personally on a personal um an individual level money is about safety simply because i lived in a country where there was you don't feel always safe and money is a way for you to be able to leave whenever you need so i see myself going into these places where i don't feel safe if i don't have money but i don't care that much about status or power i do care a bit about self-worth that money is a bit a reflection of yes. my self-worth. That's what yes. a lot of people have in corporates. Um, and I do care a bit, a lot about money being freedom. Mm. So one of the things that I invite people to think is about these five components. And we all have and many more probably, but these are the ones yeah. that I identified. So is money safety for you? Yeah. Is it status? Is it power? Is it self-worth? Is it freedom? And once you get to that place, then you have a better relationship with money because you know what it represents for you. And so you can modulate the way you work. You can modulate the way you you charge. Think about it. (laughs) 
Yeah. Exactly. And, and you can, you know, kind of, you know, the way you just described it, I, I actually never thought about it that way. Um, it's more like, you know, you are giving money, um, a personality for yourself. Yeah. You can, you can actually derive, you know, something out of it. So if it is freedom for you, so you can just have a conversation about it. If that's freedom and more freedom is what you're looking for. You can just, you know, start thinking freedom with money. So, which is beautiful. Mm, I never thought about it. <laughs> it does the same yeah. with your business. Sometimes as well, yeah. when I'm very resentful. I feel like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, you know, for me now, when you are telling all these things, it's more about uh, significance and power to decide. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gives you that freedom. It gives you the freedom to be the way you want to be yeah. without having to, to have a boss or whatever, or someone telling you, you need to do it that way. You do it your way right. because... You in that's the families fun. also, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, in the families also, you see, you know, uh, if women are not making money, they don't have the say, you know, they don't have the strongest say in, mm -hmm. in the decision-making as such. So it does give you power if you are financially independent as a woman. It does give you the power to actually have a say in everything that's happening in your family, yes. isn't it? So I, I really feel like, you know, it does give you that kind of power and people see you with a different eye altogether when you are independent, financially especially, right? Yeah, so exactly. it, it is uh, very important that we, we have that kind of relationship with money where we don't just feel like, you know, we are doing anything wrong by charging money for something that we are doing for somebody. That's yeah, what doctors do, right? You're doing it for, right? doing doing it for yourself. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course, of course, because they, they need the to stay in business. And they charge for that. <laughs> Yeah, you right. know, you're not no yes, business, no money, no life on earth, uh, no decent right. life. So, no, no, <laughs> not at all. And anybody who's listening to the you know this episode, consider it as your right because you're transforming someone's life, you're impacting their life. And as healers, what I see, they feel you know um, a little difficulty to make it a tangible you know outcome. At yes, least with my clients, I see that, you know, they always say, yeah, they feel like, you know, but my outcome, what results I'm, you know, giving to the other, it's not tangible. Like, you mm. know, I cannot claim it. I cannot, but it is very much tangible. If I have a healthier mind and healthier relationship, that impacts every aspect of my life. So it is very much tangible. And somebody who is a coach and, you know, transforming someone's life like that, it's not just for, you know, two, three months of container that they, they are there, you know, and we are transforming them. It's more about, you know, we're giving them the tools and strategies and systems that's going to work for them for lifelong. So whichever way, just feel free to, you know, ask for it. On, on, on the transformation that you give to clients because it is right. a foundation that you are rebuilding for them. You're helping them rebuild. Right. And that is right. very individual and it's very personal and it's going to be impossible to put in numbers now. But if in three yes. months, six months, a year, a client that maybe you have not been in contact with, all of a sudden you see them changing jobs or getting better or having the relationships they right. want. That is their measure of success. So right. what is success for you as an entrepreneur um, is not necessarily what is on the outside as being labeled success. 
So on the yeah. outside, it's like, oh, this person doubled their salary. But on the inside, for you, maybe the success for you as an entrepreneur is to have helped this person see exactly. self-sabotaging behaviors. And that is right. tangible. That is very tangible. Correct. Correct. And, and you know, most of the time we define success with how much money we're making. Oh, but yeah. I just feel like, you know, everyone should have this freedom to decide what success looks like for them. Yes. It could be $100,000 for me, but it could be $5,000 for a lady. And then, you know, having, you know, for me, it could be 30 days of work and, and $100,000. For somebody, it could be, you know, $5,000, but 20 days off. You know, it could be something. Yeah. And we should not, you know, judge or compare ourselves what's happening in the industry, what other people are doing. And that's where you also talked about not to play small and be considerate about your own type of success and do not shy away from the competition. So let's talk about that as well. I think, you know, when you start in these businesses, you mm -hmm. don't really have mm -hmm. a point of reference. When you're in corporate, yeah. there are hierarchy, you know, people who have the same level yeah. of experience as you, they make that kind of money, they have this title. You yeah. have these kind of references. You have an anchoring. In, in entrepreneurship, it's, unless you have somebody in your family or a close friend who is there, the only mm -hmm. thing that you can see is the only thing that is offered to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you, you know... Social media, everybody likes right. more or less or embellishes. So for a very long time, I think for a lot of people in particular, um, they see these, you know, gorgeous sceneries behind and I'm in Bali and I'm sipping cocktails and making 200,000 a year. <laughs> and it's all great. I don't know whether it's true or not, but whatever happens, we go back to why are you ah. in this journey? Right. And uh, I have also seen, Maida, that people really shy away, especially I'm talking about the coaching industry. When they see this picture perfect social media with so many screenshots, I don't know, sometimes I see the same screenshots on a lot of other things. <laughs> so I don't really trust them anymore. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, they do feel like what they're doing is not enough. And this, you know, somewhere hold themselves back for, from showing up to their full potential. And that's one thing that I really want if we can talk about more and, you know, remove from this industry. What you see on the, in those reels and social media platforms, that might be true and that might not be true as well. Yes. So and I'm going to give you an you, example. You hold yourself. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I got my I got mine. <laughs> so I'm going to give you an example. I am someone who's very, very shy. I am by nature a very shy person. Um <laughs> and and so the first time for me to go and do a podcast, the first time, I I cannot tell you in which space and I, it was like I wanted someone to give me a shot of Valium or something because uh -huh. I was about, I thought I was going to die. First podcast, <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> exactly. First podcast is not going to be as on point, targeted yeah. as number fifty. But to right. get to number fifty, you need to go through one, through the Two, whole numbers. Three. Right. Right. So. If your comfort zone is that, 
then you as a coach who are teaching your clients to go outside your comfort zone, mm. do it for yourself first. Right. The, whatever you will solve for yourself, conveniently enough, is going to be something you will solve for your clients. Right. And so if your job is a career coach, a corporate coach, a life coach, a business coach as well, if your job is to help other people, not playing small, because that's in a summary, that's what we all do to, you know, to right. be right. out there, to stop being afraid, then do that for yourself too. Right. Um, we're going, each one of us is going to make mistakes, but here's the thing. And so what? Right. I mean, I, I always hated myself on camera. Um, I still don't like myself on camera. But then one day I had to decide, you know, that whether I can hold myself back just because I feel like my competitions are so good when I start speaking. They're so good on camera. Yeah. You know, they live in these fancy houses where everything just looks so perfect. I can either do that or I can just come out and start serving, you know, people who probably I'm meant to serve, you know. And, and I can just, you know, truly feel that where this coaching industry is and how we all sometimes are in that zone where we are not confident about our own selves, though we are very good at what we do, but we do hold ourselves back because there is just so much happening out there and we just feel like, okay, we are not there yet. Yeah. And, and going back again to what we were saying, you're doing this for yourself. So if it scares right. you to be on camera, the first time what I did, I... I recorded on Zoom. <laughs> I hated it. And I hated it so much. And I said, okay, I'm going to put it out because otherwise yeah. I'm I'm going to stay where I am. And right. what is going to happen, I will have to go back to corporate. And right now it's not good for me. Mm. Um, and you will have, to, I have a person who sent me a whole email saying, you know, you're great. And, but all of these, you know, constructive feedback and I'm like, I would never do that again. And I'm like, ah. Constructive feedback. Let me see how I can do better and better and better. Right, right. And there are always ba ways to do better. But what I want for myself, and that maybe that's an advice as well for others, is, again, we are the only ones responsible for our success, whatever we define success to be, right. for our lives and for our businesses. And sometimes it's going to be messy and sometimes it's not going to be pleasant and there will be these growing pains as well, but boy, is it worth it. Um, it's all worth it. <laughs> so it's worth it. So if, if you feel that you're not good enough because you have, you know, you have someone who is in their early twenties right. and telling you they're making all of this <laughs> money, good for them, but it's not you and go yeah. back to, what is it? Why am I doing this job again? Right. But right. It's, it's a mental it's thing. Right? You have yeah. to do it over and over and over again. Especially in the age of social media, we got oh. to be aware of what's happening around and what's happening in our head when we are scro scrolling through you know, our screens. Yeah. It's extremely important because subconsciously, subconsciously, we are actually, you know, kind of um, building a lot of beliefs that we are not realizing. And then when it comes to taking action, we, we take action based on that belief that we have, you know, developed. And also I have seen, you know, one thing uh, that, you know, we play small because we feel less. Yes. Yes. We, and we tend to compare ourselves with what's happening out there and what, what we see on social media and we feel less and then we play small. 
And that's where if anyone who is listening to this, you know, just go out there raw and real. Like, look at me. I mean, I. <laughs> I still don't like myself. You're, you're good. You're really, you're very good. And 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 that is, I'm going to say, is that this is a good conversation because both of us are saying I don't like myself on video. I it took yeah. me three years before having new headshots. It took me right. actually six months between the first headshot and the time I put it on Facebook. So right. I'm very aware of how difficult it could be to be visible. But right. here's the thing. Nobody, we, we all want to be seen and heard. <laughs> right, right. Your clients right. too. That's, yeah, and, and that's the desire, right? That's why we, all, we started all of this. And then we are holding ourselves back, being too you know hard on ourselves. We kind of, we have to just let it be. One day, you know, my son actually came to me and he told me, Mama, it's it's all right. You just go out there and do whatever you want to do, Mama. Who who cares? I said, really? Nobody cares? He says, no, Mama, I keep watching shots and YouTube videos. I don't really care how they look and how they, you know, talk or things like that. Just go ahead and do it. And I'm like, really? If you don't care, that means it's all right for me to just go and see. And if someone cares... Maybe there are people who will judge you and you might get some comments and things like that. And it's all right. Get rid of those people. That's perfect. also possible. We have the feature. Yeah. <laughs> to it's block perfect. them. It's perfect. And I'm, I'm going to say it as well is that, um, you know, we, we all go, go through trials and errors. We will right. all True. go through that. That's how we learn. We learn right. by modeling from other people, but we need to experience it ourselves yeah, as well ourselves um i i really think that self-betrayal in the form mm. of playing small is one of the most difficult to yeah. forgive ourselves for. right right true. because we have Very we true. have the resources i i i think that one of the issues is that we compare things that are not comparable. So we compare ourselves to where someone who has been 10 years in the business right. is, is now. But you don't know their journey. You, right. you have no idea. Maybe they had resources that you don't have access to. But your teacher, your, your experience is making something out of the resources that you have, not right. that you don't have. Right. But for that, you need to have the self-awareness as well as in when I'm looking at this coach or this healer or, or whatever, what is it that I'm telling myself exactly? What is it that I'm denying myself? And what you're denying yourself yeah. is the lesson of, you know, some people may have become, they, I, I, I remember when I started, one of the things that used to irritate me a lot was... Um, all of these real housewives, when they start, you know, the the TV series, I don't know if, if you know about it. Yeah, 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 of course. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, you know about it. And, you know, and, and seeing them, as soon as they would stop, they would become coaches. And I was like, isn't that unfair? They have all the money. They have no notoriety. They don't need advertising. They don't need to do the work. And then I'm like, okay, but that's not the people I want to reach. These are not my clients. If someone right. goes to them, it's because they identify to them. Right. But me, I'm someone like you who was in corporate for a long time. And what do who do I want to serve? It's these people in corporate. So it goes back to niching again, which, you know, uh, but you don't have to niche if you don't want to. But it's important to know 
who are you here to serve and why oh, and what are the pain points? Right. And so if you are here to serve a certain segment of the population, let's say busy moms, a busy mom is not going to go to a real housewife who has mm -hmm. these millions in the bank to, right. to tell her what, how to help her with her problems. She will go probably to you because you're a busy mom, you're an entrepreneur, and you you have gone through that life experience as well. Right, right, right. Totally, totally. I We can kind of go forever, go on forever on this conversation. There is just so much. <laughs> I, I, I totally, you know, can go for another one hour. Um, but Meda, we have to wind up. Uh, and <laughs> before we wind up, let us know about your programs that you're offering. So someone who resonates with who you are, who you truly are after listening to this episode. And if they want to work with you, I would really like them to have, you know, some kind of reference point from there they can start? I, I work with two sorts of people. Um, first are the people who are in corporates and okay. who are looking to be promoted, to find a job or to switch career. And the mm -hmm. second part is the people who are in positions who have just been promoted and are looking to more an executive type of coaching, leadership mm -hmm. coaching. Um, I have my programs are three months for other people. It's six months. Leadership coaching is more like six months thing. Um, right. If you want to change career, it's it's four months at least. And you can find all of this on my website, uh, which is mydapocoaching.com. I'm also on social media, on LinkedIn, Maida Park, and on Instagram, Maida Park. And I promise you will not see photos of me in Bali. And only one me. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's only <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Then I'm also going to get provide, you know, uh, the dis uh, in the description, the link to your website and, and things you. like that. So not a problem. Thank you so much, Meda, for, for taking out time. Uh, we had to do it twice because of the technical <laughs> issues, but we finally did it. So I'm really, very happy. And thank you so much for taking out your time and having this conversation with me. I'm sure my audience is going to get a lot of value out of this because it is a casual conversation that really happens with all of us. And, um, you know, having the conversation kind of normalizes all yes. of this that we just discussed. So thank you so much for all of your time and, and all the wisdom that you shared. It was so subtle, easy to understand. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for inviting me. And it's pretty late for you. I know you like working at 3 a.m., but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, my pleasure, Meda. Thank you so much.